on How To Be 60 This Week, beauty expert Nadine Baggett, and she's pulling no punches. It's the lying that I have a problem with. The times I've interviewed celebrities that have said they've had no work done, and you can literally see that their lines on their faces go uphill. Whether you choose to do it or not, just be honest about it. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Hello, fellow third agers. Kay Adams here. I say third agers, but stragglers also <laughs> welcome. You do not need photo ID to listen to this podcast. It may be called How to Be 60, but I am horribly immature and my co-host Karen McKenzie's given up trying. So relax and come along for the ride. Uh, greetings, Karen. Hello, you. Hello. Uh-huh, you. The first thing I have to say to you is, how's your friend Japani? <laughs> Do you know the funny thing is, I made a rubber friend Japani this week, two days ago. Yes, well, you could have brought it in. Oh, it's Eaten. devoured. The second day was last night, actually, and it's finished. Oh. No, there is a wee bit in the fridge. I'll send you a wee picture when I get back home. It was <laughs> divine. It was lovely. Thank you very much indeed, my friend Japani. <laughs> How funny is that? Because I phoned you the other day and then I had clatter bang, clatter bang. Said, oh, wait a minute. I'm just getting my oat cakes. Oh, hang on. I'll have to get my friend Japani out. And I thought, what on earth is happening oh, in that right. house? <laughs> I thought that was you, sort of a euphemism for Epiphany. No, 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 it was your Frangipani, was it? <laughs> Jesus. Please. What I know. Though it did make me think, actually, this story that I've told a million times, but I love, uh, that when I first came back to Glasgow a million years ago, um, and my very good friend Shireen Nanjiani I... was the, the <laughs> premier newsreader of Scottish television, um, and we were good chums, and we used to go out to Marks and Spencer's in the lunch hour. Remember when we used to get a lunch hour? Yeah, well, Then were yes. the bloody days. Um, so we would walk around. Marks and Spencers and of course Glasgow so all the scaffolding etc um, and uh, the the sort of workies we've got they say oh Shireen how's your Nanjiani that's <laughs> brilliant Shireen was very good I at know. poker face and I was like sort of, oh. oh that's good so what have you been up to what have I been up to well okay I noticed an article in the Daily Record can I dare say about you okay uh-huh. and I'm looking at it and I see you model yourself on our very First Minister. Oh my God, I do look like Nicola Sturgeon. You look like Nicola Sturgeon. Oh, now, Jesus. I opened oh it up God. even further. And this was not I, in the script. Can I just point that one out? What one? Caroline Quentin. Where? There. The wee one. Do you think so? Do you think so? No. Absolutely, oh. Caroline Quentin. Really? I don't know how old you are. Yeah, well, when funny, was that, that taken? That was about the time that Shireen and I were walking about oh, is Glasgow that right? City Centre getting on with Nanjiani. <laughs> that was about then. Gosh, isn't that funny? But yeah, I do look a bit like the I know, I know. I didn't know what that oh. was you're aiming for. Yeah. I is mean, it true that you went to see Jarvis Cocker? I went, oh God, what am I lying? I went to see Jarvis Cocker. What, are you part of the uh, St John's Ambulance? Uh, But yeah, find people that laugh at their own jokes and then just keep on laughing because they think they're so funny. That was quite funny, that one, I think. Yeah, it was quite funny. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not. Went to see Jarvis Cocker and two nights ago went to see The Killers, supported what? by Supergrass. What's mm. got into you? Was that not embarrassing? 
Do you know what? I was not the oldest person there. But really? I was well, St uh, John's ambulance at <laughs> risk my case. <laughs> there was when I booked the tickets and I actually thought this is sad. I actually thought I'd booked the tickets about three weeks ago and I thought, can't find them on my phone in or I can't find them on my phone. Then I noticed I probably hadn't booked them. So went back onto the site and thought, right, what does NF or an SF and I that was kind of like alongside the stage and anyway, I thought, oh, just go for anyone, NF. It wasn't until I got there, realised it was north facing, it was freezing and everyone on the SF, the south facing, the sun was coming down on them. It was great. Anyway, we were kind of like almost in the people front. who go to rock concerts aren't generally worried about it being well, chilly in the there shade. There were two people come out, maybe in their kind of like late 50s, staggered out. A, a couple. She tripped over the cover for the cables, ironically. Her chips went flying. The bloke that was with her gathered them up, put them back in the cardboard, put them over to the side. She was nursing her knee. St John's or whoever it is, ambulance, came along, checked her over. Her knee was swollen and really red. Anyway, she was like, not having this, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Then they picked up the chips and continued eating them. Oh, They'd been all over the ground. To be fair, I would have done that. You would I not. I would. I'm very, very Actually, casual about things like bitch. that. You yeah. totally are classy. Listen, I've made it to this age. It has made no difference whatsoever. I've got a piece of chewing gum on the bottom of my water bottle that Frankie Bridge, who's one of my famous friends, not like you, um, just thinks is absolutely disgusting. I thought, did it come from his mouth? No, no, no. I, I got it... Um, I always had chewing gum one day. You I didn't are know what to do gross. with gross. And I put it on the bottom of the water bottle and I've got quite fond of it. It's, um, it's, your it's friend. been there about six months, it has. Oh, now, that's um, disgusting. By the way, you said I looked like Nicola Sturgeon in that photograph. Uh-huh. I think you look very like Jarvis Cocker. Honestly, that is not a blinking no, compliment. True. If we get a photograph of you and a photograph of Jarvis Cocker, it what, with be my uncanny. blonde hair? Not with your blonde hair. All right. See, there you go, because, Jarvis of course... Jarvis Cocker. We should, yeah, you, honestly, with your natural grey hair, you are the spitting image of Jarvis Cocker. But, thankfully, today you have been persuaded by me to let yourself go blonde. <laughs> we Jesus. now have a picture of Jarvis Cocker. That is... <laughs> that is so cruel. Not that, I mean, I like Jarvis Cocker, but I certainly don't want to be looking like him. No, well, there you go. But there you go, you do. Um, so this could be a transformative... Can you come back in the room, Sorry. please? Thank you. I'm um, upset now. Th- this could be a transformative episode because we have Nadine Baggett with us, who is a, a big-time beauty blogger, vlogger, YouTuber. Do you understand what these terms are? I've heard them. Right, okay. I've heard of them. Um, uh, so... You said that you might be interested in a bit of a refresh without the risks. So Nadine is all across the staff. She does beauty without the BS, she calls it. Um, so she is going to give you a little bit of advice. And of course, right. as part of that, mm-hmm. we have swapped hair colour. So I am currently wearing a grey wig. Mm-hmm. Very becoming. Well, and you are wearing a blonde wig and you look brilliant in that blonde wig. You must feel brilliant in that blonde wig. Well, come I'll come on. I'll come back to me because it isn't all about me and this is your podcast. You, The hair colour on your silver grey wig does suit you. You have, though, got it on back to front. Well, that's because I wanted a little bit of a fringe and if I put it on the other way, it's too severe. Too severe. Have you seen the back of it? You wouldn't have seen the Listen, back of it. I got it from Amazon for 20 quid. It was only to try you it out. You ripped off. But yeah. no, no, actually, that colour really suits you, Kay. The shape's not great. Do you think it's a bit the colour does? I think the colour does. 
Oh, yeah, know. at least it looks know. more natural than well, your what own. What about, how do you feel about yours? I quite like it. I feel like I'm out of that Quentin Tarantino film. Which one is it? Kill um, Bill. No. Yes, no, you look like no, Uma Thurman. No, the one, the one, Uma Thurman, that's it. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, but you know when she's sitting on, she's taking an overdose and she's kind of like... Yeah, that's what you, that's, what, that's when is you that look like Bill? her. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was Reservoir Dogs until I looked it up and it's not. Yeah. You look like Uma Thurman just having had an overdose. That's fabulous. Do you know what? I'll take that over Jarvis Cocker. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Do you know what? I could have done with this wig last week. I'm going to digress here, but I had the funniest thing. And apologies to Nadine, who will have not a clue what I'm talking about. This is a very Glasgow story, right? Okay. Um, but I could definitely have done with a disguise. So I was on a late night train to Dumbarton. Okay. What on earth were I you know, right? I know. That's suspicious know. in itself. And it was absolutely mobbed and everyone had had a bit of a libation. You know what it was like. So I'm sitting on the train, stone cold sober. Thank you very much. I was going to get the sleeper train from Dumbarton. Um, uh, don't ask. And, uh, but I want to. So these three women were there as part of the crowd. I don't know, mid-40s. They'd been out for, a, I found out later. A baby. Out for a bevy. One of them was leaving. They worked for a high street bank and one of them was moving branches, but they were all pretty well oiled. One of them in particular was way gone. And you know when you just sort of sit in there? Well, I don't know if you know that. And I could just see that sort of recognition in her eyes or a quasi-recognition. And she was like struggling to focus a little bit, but then she kind of... You know, then she went yeah. bing, the eyes went bing, and she looked at me and she jabs her finger at me and she says, You're fucking Carol Smiley! <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are, you, you. And by this time, everybody is looking. Turn everybody around. is looking, and I'm sitting there. Um, and by that time, we'd all kind of got on the train, and she's going, Look, she's got her arm around my, my mm. uh, shoulder, she's going, Look, it's fucking Carol oh Smiley. My God. And I was going, no, and she went, you are, you are Carol <laughs> Smiley. <laughs> no, 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 um, I, I'm not. And then somebody shouts, no, she's no, she's a loose woman. <laughs> So the whole carriage is now looking oh at me. God. And then this guy gets a photograph up on his phone of me in Loose Women. Right. Is this you? Oh is this you? God <laughs> almighty. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, that's me. He says, oh, you're a lot older than me, but actually I could fancy you. Right. <laughs> How flattering is that? And by this time the woman had fallen asleep, but she kept kind of waking up from time to time. And then she would look at me and she'd go, she'd go I fucking love you. I fucking love you. And then she go back to sleep. <laughs> God. It, it was the longest half hour of my life. That's what you get when you go to Dumbarton late at night. Oh, my God. So I could have done with my grey wig, I tell you. It would have been absolutely fantastic. They were lovely women, actually. We had a nice wee chat afterwards. And did um, she ever, did it ever dawn on her at Dumbarton. that you mm. were Kay Adams? Oh, we got it in the end. We did get did it at the end. Go... But by that time, it was really quite irrelevant. You know, it was. Yeah, yeah I love that. That's yeah. great. So I'm going to keep this wig with me. Forever, really, just in case. Just, just in wear case. it the right way around, though. Yeah, I know. So has Stephen reacted to you with blonde hair or your sisters or anybody? No, I put it on in the house and Stephen, all Stephen had to say was, I take it that's a wig. Mm. <sighs> and uh, Christine, my sister, said, oh, is this work? <laughs> and that mm. was it. So not a great reaction. No. No. Yeah, my youngest shuddered. 
She actually physically shuddered. That's all she did. She didn't get any words from her. Um, my eldest said, it's all right. And Ian said exactly what Stephen said. I take it that's a wig. <laughs> and that was that was it. So, you know, it's not shaking the world yet, is it? Mm. No. We'll see no. what Nadine thinks. We'll see what Nadine thinks. Um, it's but, the netting through your... Yeah, I know. Okay, but... yeah. Nadine will be able to see through that. She is a beauty Everyone expert. Everyone can see through it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't... <laughs> That's very true. Mm, thank you for that. <laughs> You're very literal sometimes. Um, breaking news. Breaking yes. news. Mm-hmm. We are going to do two live shows at the Edinburgh Festival. God knows how we got talked Deep into breathing. this. The strangest thing was, when it was suggested, I immediately said, no, no, no yes. way, no. And you said... <laughs> Uh-huh. Come on, let's do it, let's do it. That's because I'm not responsible. Not, my name's not on it. But it's so interesting because I thought you wouldn't do it in a million years. That's because my head's in the sand and it's not going to dawn on me until the day, until we're just before we go on stage and I'll be feeling sick. Oh feeling sick. my goodness. Well, anyway, we're going to do it. I think it's the 23rd and the 24th of August. It's the Tuesday um, and the Wednesday. Right, and you know that because your daughter's getting married that weekend. On the Saturday, and I've got loads of tablet to make, so... <laughs> How very rock and roll. They'll really be yes, interested in the that. The favours. So if you would like to come and see us, and my God, we could do with your support, yes. it's gildedballoon.co.uk. It's uh, where you get the tickets, but we'll stick that up somewhere or other. Um, and the podcast address, as ever, we love to get your emails, is podcast at htb60.com. That's the first time I've got it right in the first go. Um, right, a few emails before we say hello to... Um, Nadine. I like the emails. Like, yeah, I love the emails. You're never going to well. let me have a chance to read them out. Well, are the you? first one is from somebody called Aggie McKenzie. <laughs> God. Well, what's she saying? Your sister, of I, course. She tried to get rid of me and no, put her in her place. No, no. She says, uh, Of course, I am loving your podcast. Mm-hmm. One question I keep hearing the word lusty. Lust oh, is good, she says. Yes. In she capital would be, letters. Aye. Is she a lusty person? Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah. Listen, yeah. just well, she's, feel free. She's, she's emailed in. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, she's absolutely. Uh, I would say in the last four years, my God, she's come to life. Has she? Yes. At what age? Uh, what's that? She's four years older than me, so she's 66 now. Uh, so, yeah, my God, she can give. Yep, yeah, anyone I run for their money. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, absolutely. She says, I wonder if you and the other one, I think she means you, mean <laughs> lustful rather than. She said, lust is good, but I wonder if you mean lustful rather than lusty. So I'm presuming from this, Aggie is lustful. Uh, well, she's certainly feels very sexy and she's she's embracing her. Yeah, she's getting on with it. Oh, really? Aye. We'll, we'll put her I mean, down on the guest style. wish list, won't we? We'll be yeah. getting Aggie on very soon. Yeah. Um, Julie uh, Cochran says she's presently on holiday in Puerto Uh Never, and she's been here since the end of April. Where's that? For God's sake, it's in Marbella. It's uh, near Marbella. Uh, all right. Puerto Pinus. you lived? Well, certainly not in Marbella or no. Puerto Pinus. She's been there since the end of April. God, that's Come lovely, on, Julie. Up until then, I'd never listened to a podcast in my 56 years on this planet. Yeah, I'm with you in that one. I'm now addicted to listening to you two as a fellow Scot. I'm loving the banter Aww. between you ladies. I do have four years to go to the big six, so, but I now think it's not as scary as I once did. That's good. Well, there you that's go. That's good. Well, to be honest, when you're lying by the pool in Puerto Venice, you don't give a flying fuck about anything, do you, really? Well, as long as you were your factor, otherwise you'd be looking 60 before you're... Don't bring yeah. it down. No, this. No, well, Nadine might like you for that one, actually, yeah. advising right. the factors. Right. This one I really like. This is from Tracy Madge. Mm-hmm. 
What mm-hmm. a great name. Could you imagine when you were 15 and your best pal was called <laughs> Tracy Madge? Wouldn't that be marvellous? That's a made-up name. No, I don't think it is. You coming out the night, Tracy Madge? Oh, it'd be great, that would. Um, <laughs> Tracy is just loving the show, only on ep- oh, only on episode three, as I'm too busy, retired at 59. Oh, loving it, mm-hmm. loving it. I was fiercely ambitious at work, but work is not you. It defines you, you don't define it. You'll never know who you are whilst you're, while work is your purpose. You have to retire and have enough money to make you your purpose. I get what she's saying because I am locked up in work being my purpose. Mm-hmm. And you have probably transcended to making you your purpose. Mm-hmm. And that is what Tracy mm-hmm. says. And what I love, she says, your first age, growing up, Battling parents, wanting to get out, shag and have fun. Mm-hmm. I call it the age of spinning. Mm-hmm. The second age, kids, mortgages, work pressure. You think there's no way out. You're struggling to pay your bills. You keep up with the other mums, feeling like you uh, need to be great mum, great wife, great cook, great friend, great shag and earn money. That's the so age true. of frazzled, mm-hmm. she calls it. Mm-hmm. Third age, when does it start? If age is just a number, it starts when you're financially secure. She says, of course, so many of us don't get to that. Mm -hmm. I'm lucky I'm here. No name yet for this age, but working title, The Age of Contentment. It's that word that comes up again and again. Yep. Um, She says, I'm 60 next March, very much contented with that. Initially, I thought I was going mentally ill, spending a fortune (laughs) online shopping, including auction sites, buying KitchenAid mixers that didn't work. I've enjoyed finding out who I am and who are really my friends, not just work folk. I was surprised as I thought more work people would be in touch, but that's not to be. That's Mm. fine. Letting go of my job title and my monthly pay for a pension was intellectually tough, but now that's passed, it's bloody great. That's brilliant, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's Very a, positive. That is a real, real journey going yep. off there. And she's off to Canada next month for a month's travelling. She has downloaded all the episodes and she's going to be listing in. Oh, lovely. Thank Stay you, Tracy yes. Madge. That is absolutely wonderful. <laughs> um, we've got some other emails in for people that are struggling a little bit more. Um and I'm wondering if we need to find an experty person to maybe be able to talk through some of them. Who would that be? I don't know. I'm going to look into it. Or whether we just encourage emails and people can maybe get in touch with their own advice. Because Well, as one listener got in touch with us before, they said, we're loving your uh, podcast, but not really helping much. No, we're not helping much. No. <laughs> well, I can't help because I'm struggling with it myself, aren't I? No, that's very true. And I can't help because it's just about me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think maybe we do need. So that's a couple of people in our list. We need a sexpert, as mm-hmm. we talked a bit before. Yeah. And maybe somebody is a, is a life coach. A life coach, yeah. a life coach person, yeah. maybe. Because we haven't got any answers. I think if people just keep getting in touch, podcast at htb60.com. .co.uk. Oh, don't tell me that. Oh, for goodness sake. No, it's .com. I'm only well, filling we'll clear in because up. you were we'll clear this up. Okay, okay, let's quickly see if we can get saved by Nadine Baggett, um, a.k.a. the cat lady and fellow third age. I don't know if she's a fellow third age or not. Hi, Nadine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And I am going to be a fellow third age on the 7th of July. Woo! Oh, so it's coming up very soon. It, and, yeah, and, it's so imminent. How, how do you feel about that? I... Uh, <laughs> If you can have a smiley emoji and a crying emoji at the same time, that's how I feel. And I feel that I'm dealing with it the same way that I dealt with, I dealt with turning 50 in the sense that I 
and this is, I think, a little bit that what you and I have in common as journalists. I just go around telling everybody because mm. I feel like if I get it out in the open, there's no hiding from it. And then that's fine. And then I've sort of come to terms with it before the big day. Come back to me on July the 7th, though, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's only recently that Kay's coming out because she doesn't want to talk about age at all. So this is only kind of coming. You're saying kind of telling everybody but that's only but you're right Nadine I have to say and I, I don't know why I did start telling everyone because that went against a lifetime of habit I have to say um, because it was never something that I would volunteer would be my age um, but it felt like the only way to to come to terms with it was to stop basically lying to myself not so much other people because I lie to other people all the time I quite enjoy it um, but I was <laughs> lying to myself and that just felt downright stupid I, th I think it might be because you and I both work in a fundamentally ageist business where you know once you're probably over the age of 40 you're seen as being a little bit left field and it's the same in magazines same in television and stuff like that but I've always been really honest about my age I don't see the point in lying and I actually think it's it's a bit sort of unfeminist of women to lie about their age and to pretend that they're sort of suspended in this sort of youth. I just don't understand it. So I always, I've worked on the principle that I didn't start my, I didn't even start being a digital journalist till I was 24, uh, 54. I started my YouTube channel when I was 54. And then I thought this will be about information and about beauty without the BS. And then as I got nearer and nearer to 60, I just thought, actually, if I can help anybody, feel a little bit better about this huge milestone. And I do think it's a really big milestone because it's that sort of retirement age, not career age. What do you do? The children have grown up and gone. If I can feel any, if I can help anybody feel a little bit better in that moment, then somehow it justifies the narcissistic job of being online. Mm. But see, that is the constant contradiction, isn't it? And I have this conversation with friends uh, all the time. We've had it as well, Karen, in that, you know, it feels a bit unfeminist, as you say, to be trying to pretend that you're not the age that you are. But then, and I'm sure this has been levelled at you, Nadine, well, you know, the beauty industry is all about, you know, trying to look falsely young. And here am I. I mean, this is why we've got these wigs on. And, oh, my God, I'm going to have to take mine off because I, it's just so horrible and nylon. Um, but, like, who am I kidding? I mean, dyeing my hair blonde. Should I... Why don't I go grey? I mean, Karen, take your wig off. I mother. will, actually. And so Karen has gone grey. Um, and it looks great. Your hair is in fantastic condition. I still <laughs> dying mine to, to buggery. And there's a bit of me now wishes I had the gut to I'll just embrace grey. Because you think, you know, men, we talk about the silver fox. Yeah. They've totally, you know, Gary Lineker, George Clooney. Oh, they're silver foxes. It's seen as a, a good place to be. There's no female equivalent. No, there isn't. And that's because we live in a misogynistic world where we're judged by how well we age. And it's all about sort of the alternative is letting yourself go, which is a ridiculous narrative. And oh. I get it. And I do think the beauty industry is complicit. And I worked in women's magazines for years and they are so complicit. And I actually feel the most interesting thing about the digital space, which is where you and I have moved into, you're obviously still in traditional media, legacy media, and so am I to a degree, because I work for The Times and I've just written a feature for Good Housekeeping and stuff like that. But the good thing about digital media is you can kind of control what you're watching. So I tend to only follow people who are around my age. So I'm constantly being fed, empowered, interesting, funny, exciting women who are creating content who are kind of 50, between 50 and 70. And I quite like that. So I've kind of curated my own magazine of like-minded people. And I feel that 
it's not about looking younger. It's about feeling the best you can at whatever age you are. And I have to say, Karen, that blonde wig looked amazing on you. It really did look good. It looked stunning. You not so much, Kay. I'm sorry. You look, <laughs> you look like if Rod Stewart gave up dyeing his hair, if he left the Just for Men at home. If you, I mean, you've got this sort of grey mullet, which is very strange. And I actually, interesting thing about grey hair is grey hair is super fashionable, unbelievably fashionable. You've got girls in the 20s and 30s dyeing their hair grey. Mm. But I think the myth about grey hair is that it, it suits everybody. And I think the truth is, if you look at the women we hold up who've gone grey, who look stunning, they tend to have that gorgeous hair that I never even had when I was 16, let alone 60. It's that big, thick, healthy, shiny, you know, you see all these beautiful bobs mm -hmm. and these little neat haircuts and stuff like that. Whereas I still, and this is probably ageist of me, I associate grey hair with my mum, who essentially has a cauliflower on her head. Mm, a perm. <laughs> yeah. But then yeah. as you say, that is an association. If we and yeah, there are lots of women out there now with really cool grey haircuts. They tend to be younger in an interesting, you know. I mean, we were having this discussion, in fact, a journalist I was speaking to about the podcast um pointed out to me that on loose women, and I would say the majority of us now are over sixty. Sorry, girls, if I'm outing you. <laughs> um, but there's not one of us has like proper grey hair. Mm. Um, and you think, well, why is that? Why is it because you're that on TV? You can, as somebody who's of an age that your hair is naturally grey, why can't you rock that look rather than gone grey? You know, and pff, we're not there yet. Well, you're not there yet. Do you not think you could do it because you're a big enough name that you should be able to just, if you wanted, let yourself go and and be confident with it. Well, I don't know about being. I would like. Is there a bit of you want to Nadine? No, no. I no? I love being blonde. I've been dyeing my hair since I was sort of thirteen or fourteen. You know, with a bit of sun in back in the day, lying out on your mum and dad's deck chairs in the seventies. Uh, I really like being blonde, and I identify with being blonde. And I have quite problematic hair. So if I was to have a beauty bugbear, it would be the fact that my hair is a bit fine and a bit floofy and a bit annoying. But if I had that big, thick, and you know the you know the supermodel, uh, Kristen McMenemy, she was on the front cover of Vogue with waist length. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hair, thick hair, grey hair. If I had that hair, I would let it go grey. But I have a tendency to look off, look follow after my mum. So I, I'm just concerned that it's going to end up in this sort of floofy, frizzy, grey mess. But if I had really thick, gorgeous, straight hair, or even just straight hair, I would be much more tempted to do it. So I'm interested what happens to your complexion as a woman as you get older, because um, like my natural hair colour when I was young was very, very dark. Um, and then uh, I don't know when I started to dye my hair blonde, but there's always this thing, isn't it? Your complexion changes as you get older and it's difficult to take really dark hair. So a lot of women start to, to lighten their hair, don't they? Um, so does your natural complexion suit grey hair at a certain point? I mean, did God get it right or did God get it wrong? <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think essentially Mother Nature got it right. I think what happens to your complexion as you get older is your skin thins. So you, you will either get pigmentation or you'll get redness. So you'll look a lot redder than you used to do. So your skin, I mean, you know, if you're sort of England and above, if you're sort of Celtic or, you know, trans, um, Scandinavian, you'll go tend to go pinker and redder. And then if you're sort of Southern Hemisphere, your skin will tend to go a bit more 
speckled and sort of bit like a sort of hen's egg, a brown hen's egg. And in both those cases, you can carry off gray hair. But I think the interesting thing about all women of all ages, as they get older, their faces lose definition. So mm. the brows start to go and the lashes yes. start to go. And that's when you've got to really think about how you use makeup cleverly, not to make yourself look sexy or younger, but to just give a little bit of definition back to your face. And that's why tinting your brows, wearing mascara, wearing liner, wearing lip liner is going to really be your best friend because it basically just puts the definition back in. Otherwise, everything becomes just a bit all one colour. Do you know what I mean? But I suppose that the thing for me is the going grey takes, I mean, how long does it take? You know, and your hair looks like absolutely shit for like a year till it grows out. It doesn't look absolutely shit because I think, well, as long as you've not gone from black to kind of going green, you've got those hellish roots. But as as Nadine said, you kind of let gradually, as we get older, we seem to be going fairer and fairer just to sort of make ourselves not look so harsh or whatever. And then the grey kind of like, I mean, obviously, Nadine, you're going to give us the, 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 the proper kind of reason, but I think... Um, then it's a gradual thing and it doesn't look so bad. But then when I went to the hairdressers to go grey, they then put a toner on it, so I was all grey. Mm. And and so yeah, then that you, seemed to... You absolutely, you're right, you absolutely don't have to have that harsh line that grows out. A really good colourist will just basically put some highlights through your hair, tone it out to a grey colour, and you'll end up, the blonde will end up becoming the highlight and then it'll just grow out really seamlessly. It's much harder to grow out from being Joan Collins to grey or even Dawn French to grey, it's much easier to go from your and my colour to grey. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. blonde is fairly easy to go grey. I mean, and there are amazing toners and shampoos now that can, can do it and help you along the way. So many women did it in lockdown because they mm-hmm. simply couldn't get to a salon. So the demand for products to look after grey hair and colours for grey hair, toners for grey hair, has gone through the roof in the yeah. last two years. Yeah, I think a lot of women did, and I wonder if that will change things a little bit. I wonder if it will just budget along a bit more quickly than it would have gone otherwise. Um, and people like Dawn French doing it. Did you do it because of lockdown? I did it because of lockdown. I yeah, thought I a lot of the time did. to do it is now. Now's the time to do it. Yeah. And and very. Ha- I did always wonder, though, God, how do you make that transition? You know, do you have to end up going around with a kind of like, like looking like know, a skunk? A man- <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, yeah, no, I was very happy when the 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 hairdresser put on a toner and I thought, oh, it's happened. And that's, yeah, great. I'm very happy with it. So do you feel a pressure to look younger, Nadine, then in your, in your business? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the reasons that, um, I I think any female led industry and women's magazines, television are supposed to be about empowering women, but actually there is so much pressure within an industry where, you have to face an audience every day in whatever capacity. There's always that argument that if you don't want to do it, there's somebody younger, hungrier, prettier behind you that will do it for less money. And that's been like that within women's magazines and in television for years. Mm. So it's, it's, and, and that's what I think is so empowering about Loose Women. It is one of those rare shows that gives a voice to women of a certain age. And that's really empowering for most women. So you have these people. I mean, I mean, obviously you've got Frankie, who, by the way, Karen is a woman, not a man, by the way. Uh, right. Frankie, she's Frankie never Frankie seen loose women. Yeah. yeah, I've never so, seen uh, loose women. You don't watch your friend on telly. It's daytime telly. Yeah, true. Well, I never used to watch this morning when I was on that for 18 years either, so I get it. 
So, uh, so I think it's really interesting, with the exception of a, of a handful of people on this on loose women. Most of the women are sort of forty plus, and I think that's what's so great about it, and that's why it's so popular. But generally, you know, you you're kind of a little bit over the hill, aren't you? Considered within most television. Yeah, well, probably over the age of about hell it as it is over well, the hill key. No, no, but it's a really interesting thing you're saying, Nadine, because there's quite a few women um, of my age, a bit younger or a bit older, who are very vocal about that. They tend to be more in acting, I think, um, and and they will speak out about feeling marginalised and and not having opportunities. I mm. haven't ever felt that. Now I don't know whether that's just I've been naive or. I think it is because I have never presented myself on the basis of my looks. I've no. My mum actually said to me, I remember when I was very young, she said, well, not very young, but like early 20s, let's face it, Key, you'll never get a job based on your looks. Now, oh, which sounds like she was ouch. an absolute cow, but she wasn't. You know, it was true. You know, because for telly, you know, I've never been a bloody beauty queen. I, I know it. I mean, I look presentable, but... I was only ever going to get anywhere if I had something interesting to say. And so for me, because I haven't pitched myself on my looks, I haven't felt that... You've you got know, to keep up with... That the opportunities have ne necessarily dried up because of my yes, age. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that they won't dry up, but it's not been an age-related thing. So that's kind of different from me, Nadine. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I completely, yeah, because you're, you're basically hired because you're a brilliant journalist. You're hired for your brains and your opinions, not for your looks. And that's the way to go, obviously, because they are ageless. Um, and again, for me, what happened when, when I mean, magazines are all basically a, a world of fairly young women under the age of 40. Um, and for me, I was self-employed, so I'd always worked out of the office anyway, so I could sort of grow into the second phase of my life quite easily. But then I took a gap in the market, which was that nobody was doing what I do at my age and thought, oh, well, let's just try and see if it works, see if I find an audience. And so for me, my age has actually become an, a massive positive for me. And I think because I'm the only one my age doing what I'm doing, actually it's helped me come to terms with getting older in the same way, because mm. it, it's actually made me a bit of a premium in an industry where there's millions of beautiful young women in their 20s and 30s doing what I'm doing, but there's only one of me. Yeah, no, so absolutely. if a brand wants to have a conversation with somebody who's mm. in their 50s, who knows something about beauty, they're kind of a bit stymied because they've only got me to work with, which I quite like. I am literally, I'm the equivalent, I'm the old age equivalent of the only gay in the village and I'm, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, let's move away from here, Karen has said in the past that you would consider, you know, various, I'll call them procedures, whatever, <laughs> if you want to put it, but you're scared that it would all go wrong. Yeah, I'm not talking about a boot job, by the way, because that's what, when you say procedure, that's kind of what I think about. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, so you're talking about on my face. Well, you said this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I noticed in that article today that you've had fillers. You admitted to having fillers. Uh, yeah, no, I, I have. I mean, not once I have had fillers. And, and it, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes I, 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 I hold my... <laughs> I take my skin and I, you know, push it out of the way and I think, oh, my God, wouldn't it be great if I look like that? And then I let it go. Oh, and it's like back that. to the... yeah, yeah. I do that. I do that. We all do this, right? It's, it always it's comes a point one... in your life where you start doing that. Do you know yeah. my eyes are all right? My forehead's all right. It's my blinking mouth. Those kind of bits around my 
daughters have got it as well, and they're only in their kind of like twenties and thirties. So, um, yeah, I, yeah. If I, it's about it's a bit like going in a roller coaster. If I came off it knowing that I was going to survive, then I would do it. So yeah, but I just don't want you know. You see some people that just go too far and they don't know when to stop, and it's like, oh my god, I would not want to look like that. But the, the truth of the matter is, and if we talk about tweakments, so we talk about non-surgical procedures, so injectables, essentially a bit of laser and stuff like that. The truth is you only see the bad work. You don't see the good work. So how do you think Jennifer Lopez looks the way she does? How do you think Jennifer Aniston looks the way she does? How do you think Brad Pitt looks the way he does? He's not so gorgeous, Because they've yeah. basically been having work for the last 20 years. I mean, Tom Cruise, yeah, 35 Tom Cruise. years. And he's he 60. has not eight. He's 60. He, I think his birthday's the day before mine. Yeah. Is that's, it? Oh, wow. That's grim. It is grim. Well, why do you think Tom Cruise looks good? No, I don't think Tom Cruise looks good. Do I, th- I think it's because I know that he's the age years, and I just think maybe I associate that with then being sad because you've got to work. At, I mean, I think I just want to say, just, you know what, just. Go with the way mm. But you see, are. This, this is where I am enormously conflicted because I can talk myself into, let's stop fooling ourselves. Let's stop trying to look as if we're 35 when we're actually 60. Let's embrace, appreciate, mm-hmm. enjoy, mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and love getting older. Yeah. And then there's the other side of me that says, well, why should you? You know, I mean, if... If you can, if you uh, want to, then go with it. You know, take advantage of these kind of procedures, and they make you feel good about yourself. Then, because we never agonised over women dying their hair, did they? Well, funny enough, we're doing it the other way. It was just fairly natural, mm-hmm. or getting your teeth done, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I mean, do, are you conflicted, Nadine? Or I mean, uh, it's very interesting because of what I've done for a living. Um, the first time I had Botox, and I remember I was forty-three, which was quite old for my industry. And actually, I have not had any work done in my face since about uh, September last year. So this is my face completely natural now. Um, And I am thinking of having a little bit of Botox, maybe a little bit of baby Botox, just to soften these lines just before my birthday. But unlike you, I tried filler and didn't like it. But then look at your face. You have a very slim face. I've got a massive Eastern European face. So if you fill me on it looks ridiculous filler tends to work better on slimmer faces that have got as you were saying that sort of slight when your face goes down like that slightly and my face hasn't done that I'm more about the lines around my eyes um I think to each their own I I think but as a woman or as a man actually to admit it you're going to be judged it's good so you might once admit you had filler in a feature you know, 10 years ago, and that will be brought up every single time that a journalist researches it. So what I dislike is I dislike, I dislike the, the disingenuous nature of, of women in particular, but celebrities, full stop, having work and then lying about it, selling mm-hmm. skincare, selling olive oil, selling fitness regime, selling keto diets. It's, I, it's the lying I don't like. Mm. But if they want to have it done, good on them. I mean, the Times, I worked for Hello Magazine for 18 years as a journalist. The Times I've interviewed celebrities that have said they've had no work done. And you can literally see that their lines on their faces go That's uphill. It's the lying that I have a problem with. Whether you choose to do it or not, just be honest about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that would definitely be progress. Having said that, from the other side of it, and you're right, I did very casually admit to somebody that um, I had had filler. Uh, and, and as soon as I did, I thought, oh, shit, that's going to come back and bite me in the bum. I'm never going to get rid of that one. Da, 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 da. Should I have done that? Actually, 
I don't yeah. care. It, it's yeah. been it's out there. My God, the world hasn't fallen to to bits. Um, but there is that moment that you think. <laughs> Is this just going to be an annoyance to me? In which case you get into lying. But you're not actually thinking, I'm lying. You're just thinking, I can't be bothered with this dogging Slack. me forever and, and people using it against me. I don't know what Fuller does, actually. I just read it, but I didn't know. What what actually does Fuller do then? So, so Fuller is just an injection of something called hyaluronic acid. And hyaluronic acid is found in your body everywhere. It's in your eyes. It makes your eyes moist. It's in your joints. It makes your joints supple. And it's what gives skin, you know, when you see a baby's face and they have that beautiful pinchable skin, it's that. So basically manufacturers make it and then they inject it back into the skin because as you get older, you, your body starts to digest its own hyaluronic acid. And it's reversible so that you wouldn't have to worry about that. You could go and have it done and if you didn't like it, you could get rid of it the next day. It's, it's quite easy to do. Botox is something that's different. Botox actually freezes the, 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 me the messages that go from the muscle to the brain so that you literally can't express your face that much. So you tend to have a little bit of a sort of more of a Kardashian glassy forehead. But again, that can be subtle. It can be done in a way that, that you can still move, but you just don't have the deep etched lines on your face and to each their own. I mean, I remember interviewing Sarah Jessica Parker and genuinely, I think she's the only celebrity I've ever interviewed that you could tell she didn't have anything in her face. And I, I found that very empowering to watch her. You can see in that last series of uh, whatever it was called, Sex in the City, the reboot. Just like that. Just like that. You can see her face close up if you watch it on an HD TV. That is a woman in her 50s that hasn't had any work done. And the only reason it's shocking is because we see it in real life, but we just don't see it on the big screen. So did you respect her for that? Oh, yeah. Complete kudos and respect mm. for her, yeah. yeah. And Julianne Moore is another woman, I think, who... Who, who most of the time does not have work done. And again, I've interviewed hundreds of celebrities, so I'm literally having to, to think really hard about the two that haven't. And what about um, that one that was in the Titanic? I can't remember her name. Kate Winslet. Kate, Kate Winslet. <laughs> oh, silence. That says it all. Okay. <laughs> I, I would suggest she's had very nice, very subtle work done. Yeah. But see, it's interesting, Nadine, that you say you respect Sarah Jessica Parker because she hasn't, which suggests to me that that is what we should aspire to, not getting anything done. Especially in her industry where she is so scrutinised and we were, and it's, it's so misogynistic. So the reaction to seeing anything that's less than youthful, plump, perfect is so damning in the public eye as well. So yes, I did have a lot of respect for her for it. But by the same token, one of your friends, Carol McGiffin has spoken really honestly about the work she's had done. And I respect that too, because yeah. she just was like, fuck it, I'm having it done. And she looks amazing. It's mm. the honesty and the authenticity yeah. that I respect. Yeah. What is interesting is it's our generation that have the problem with it. Younger children see it, younger children, younger people <laughs> have, <laughs> that's a slip of the tongue. Younger mm. people think it's a badge of honor. So that uh, Only Way is Essex, Love Island generation, they a Geordie Shore generation, they openly admit, they think the more work you've had done, the more it's a sign of a success. So they're all about having surgery and fillers and stuff. It, ironically, that they don't need it at that age. But yeah, they're all about it. And, and I think when that generation gets older the, and we're obviously long gone and we've popped our clogs, that then this whole attitude will slowly change. That's true. So how do you see, envisage yourself aging, Nadine? Um, <laughs> railing against the machine to the last mm -hmm. minute. I, uh, for me, it's very interesting. Uh, for me now, particularly at this age, I feel very different about aging as I did. I've got a lot of friends in their, their mid forties 
But you know that age, and I don't know if it happened to both of you, that age where, you know, the previously happy married people start to get divorced and your friends go a little bit off the rails slightly and they start dating younger men and all that sort of stuff. So I have a lot of friends in their 40s who are totally obsessed with staying young, like literally holding on to it pre-menopause. And then I went through menopause in my late 40s, early 50s, fairly easily, actually, because I was a health journalist as well and I took HRT and that helped me massively. Um, Now I feel much more respectful of the aging process. So I'm des- I'm not trying to desperately cling on to my youth. I work out now to stay flexible and strong. I eat a diet to try and stay healthy. So I see, I see the aging process in front of me. I see my mother, I see my boyfriend's father. And I think, what can I do to stave off the aging process when it becomes debilitating? So I do Pilates three times a week. I hate every single second of it. It's not about looking good in a bikini. It's about bending over the dishwasher and being able to stand back up again. It's about being able to, this morning I was cleaning my office out for a charity, picking up heavy boxes and not putting my back out. So I've got more of a, I'm I'm, I'm in a happier place than I was in my my 40s because I come to terms with the fact that there is no alternative to getting old. But I'm also wary of losing friends to illness, seeing my parents get elderly and unwell and thinking, what can I do to stave off that process? So I want to get old as healthily as possible and as happily as possible. And that only really comes when you, you're in your late fifties and you kind of, you give up that, that, that ideal obsession with youth, which I think you have to do sometime in your fifties and sixties. And I, and I also think I've got friends in their, their sixties and seventies who are at the top of their game. I've never seen them happier, healthier, and I just think the secret, I think, to probably feeling better, and I don't know about your friends group and, 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 and the age they are. I'm certainly the oldest in my close friends group. So I'm a bit, bit of a sort of, they're, they're looking to me thinking, right, how does she negotiate the HRT and the menopause? And how does she negotiate doing this and everything? But I think one of the secrets to feeling better about your age, and I couldn't recommend this highly for anybody enough, is that you need a friends group that are all different ages. You always have to have friends who are older than you so that you can go and talk to them about what they went through 10 years ago or how they feel about getting older. And for me, some of my closest friends are women in their their late 60s and early 70s, who I have to say are very successful in this industry as well. But for me, they're just these wise, glamorous sages, and they're just... Mm very at ease with who they are and they're very happy with who they are and some of them have been through divorces and cancer and and so they come out the other end with this sense of sort of acceptance and calmness about them that's very good to be around very different Mm. from my friends in their mid-40s who are still scrambling around trying to be everything to everybody Mm. yeah that's lovely to hear isn't it and and I suppose you know it'd be nice through the podcast if we can kind of do that create a bit of a community um, where we do kind of share experiences Mm -hmm. because it's not about you know giving advice that you're going to be able to sort of it's not like giving financial advice to x y and z nobody's got a complete answer Mm -hmm. you know as you say Nadine we're all unique but to hear and share other experiences and have that honesty Mm -hmm. I think is is tremendously powerful and and again what I really like about what you say is I think you get to an age that it's not about looking great it's about feeling great mm-hmm. and that is a really significant distinction I mean if you've ever suffered from a bad back and I remember the first time I suffered from a bad back really badly in my 40s and I used to go to the osteopath and he patched me up three or four times a year and one day he said to me you either do this or we just go and do some reformer pilates like you know you can do yoga or you can do reformer pilates but you're going to have to work and this isn't about looking good this is about 
feeling functional, mm-hmm. being stronger, being, you know, flexible as you get older. And, and, and when you see people, my fear of old age is, is the decrepitude of old age. When you see ladies walk down the road and they're, they're you can see, yes. you know, they've got sort of osteoporosis. And we used to see it a lot when we were younger. You don't mm-hmm. see it so much now because we know about the role of vitamin D and calcium and that sort of stuff. But you see those little old ladies and they see frail. That's what frightens me, the frailty of old age. It's not about vanity anymore. And I think that that's, that's what happens to you in your 50s. And I do agree with you. I think the power and the delight of being a woman is that we talk about it. You know, I want to be to my friends that what Madonna was essentially to me, you always need somebody who's a little bit older than you that's smashing the shit out of life and thinking, right, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. I mean, you know, God love her, Debbie Harry, maybe Grace Jones. They're the women I grew up admiring and they're still there doing what they're doing. And they might all be a little bit bonkers and some of them have surgery and some of them don't. But for me, you need to have somebody there's, there's a cliche, isn't there, that, that a lot of people say is that you can only be what you see. You can't be what you can't see. So we just need to empower older women to get into the digital world, to, to have a voice, whether it's your podcast, to speak to each other, because we need to have this conversation about what it is to get older, because the alternative obviously is, is hideous, but also it is a scary process and we need to, to, to make it more acceptable and to empower that process. And I do think, I mean, I saw some research the other day that said that I think it's people over 60 are, they, they rate higher on the index than any other group. So rate higher than people in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. So it's, it's in your 60s where you've, you've kind of let things go in your 50s. You've realized you're never going to be Elle McPherson. You've yeah. realized you're never going to be whatever, Catherine Jenkins, whoever you want to be, you realize. And so you come to terms with who you are. You feel less sexualized, less pressure to look a certain way. And so you slide into your 60s and it's that, I think the 60s is your, your, your decade of acceptance. I really do. I hope it is anyway. Yeah. You talk since. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great message. It is. Um, Nadine, thank you so much for your time. My uh, really pleasure. Do appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you. Lovely to meet you. Yes. I th- oh, I think, oh, you've got a fangirl now. I can see the way she's looking at you, Nadine. That's I would change bit. all of your emails, all of your <laughs> contact your details. <laughs> <laughs> because she'll be after you. Um, speak soon, Nadine. Thank you. Good Bye. luck in Edinburgh. Have the oh, best time in Edinburgh. Smash the shit out of it. As I said, I'm so sorry. You might have to bleep that. <laughs> That's I don't the least think of so. it. I know. <laughs> oh, God. All right. And Carol Smiley sends her regards. <laughs> 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 oh, there we go. Well, gosh, that, you know, that was supposed to be about what you look like and, you know, beauty procedures and stuff. But actually, um, very wise it's acceptance, words. Yeah. yeah. Well, we better wrap up. And Nadine very kindly said there that if uh, anybody does have any questions, because we, we didn't really talk about beauty stuff or, or health stuff, actually. She's also a health journalist. Um, then Nadine would come back on. So if you do have any questions, um, we could easily have a podcast just sort of uh, get Nadine back on and, and answer specific questions that people have. Yep. Feel yep. free to do that. Um, Flexibility, isn't it? Of course, we know the email address, don't we? We do. Go on then. Go for it. No, you. Podcast at htb60 I'm going to say 60.com Very well done Very well done Excellent And we've got Jenny and Claire next week Fantastic Cheery Cheery How to Be 60 was written and presented by Kay Adams with Karen McKenzie 
A new episode drops every Friday, so make sure you follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single one. And while you're there, rate and review. Thank you.